you so much for joining us today on episode number 48 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today, it's back to school, so we are going to be talking more about establishing that routine, getting back into the swing of things, and again, how to fit it all in, especially with your workouts and making sure that those are a priority. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Okay, so Kevin and I were talking recently, and back to school is right around the corner. I cannot believe we are starting school again. I know. I mean, I've been going all week with uh, back to school teacher days. I just, the summer really seemed like it just flew by. I just, you know, people always say that as you get older, time flies faster and faster, and I'm really starting to feel that that's true. I don't know. I've never thought summer really took all that long. I mean, from the time that I was a kid, (laughs) you you blink and it's like, oh wait, and we're back in school. I know, but at the end of the school year, you're like, okay, it's summer and we're going to do all these great things and we're going to have all this extra time to do all of these things. And then (laughs) here it is, it's August seventh when we're recording this episode and our kids are going back to school on Monday the 13th. It's just crazy how fast it's gone. And we've had a lot of fun this summer, but it wasn't as productive as I thought it was going to be. I know there's always grand plans for what's going to get accomplished over the summer. You know, they used to make the joke, teaching it's a great profession, nine months of work and three months of rest. And there's just not three months of summer. Oh, definitely not. Well, especially because you teach that extra summer class. Right. so. So there's like a week and a half of summer. Right. Well, and it's funny because at the beginning of the summer, the girls and we all sat down and made a fun list. And it was just a we called it our, our summer fun brain dump, basically. So we just took a piece of paper and wrote down everything fun that they might want to do this summer so that when we were sitting around and we had a day that we were bored or didn't have anything to do, we could just go over to the list and take pick something on the list to, to do. And, and that list, there's still, as of like two weeks ago when we got back from vacation in California, there was still a lot of things that were not checked off. It was shockingly enough beach hadn't been checked off, I which I'm not even sure how, the, how we didn't manage to check that off. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible, but it's it's fun though. And so for the last two weeks, we've been trying to like check one thing off per day. So we're trying to get through, cram in the last, the last bit of summer that Squeeze we can. Squeeze out the summer fun. Right. So today we're going to talk about reestablishing that routine. Now that the school year is starting and we're going to have more rigid schedules with starting times and ending times and school sports and all the different activities that come along with the kids going back to school, we're going to talk about trying to fit all of that in and establishing this routine. And we talked a little bit about this last week with prioritizing and all that. And we're going to touch on that a little bit today. But today we're also going to get into more of the practical aspects of creating a schedule, which I think is very important it's super to actually important. have those actionable steps. Yeah, the actionable steps is is very much on you because as much as I can look at this and be like, yes, the more the more routine you have, the more organization, the better it is, the smoother everything runs. I I struggle to keep everything organized myself. So I, I lean strongly on you to help keep everything all nice and in line and ordered out. Yeah, that is part of my role, one of my biggest roles in the family. So the more filled that your schedule becomes, the more organization and routine you really need. Because 
the brain can only do so much. And once something becomes routine and once something becomes a habit, your brain doesn't have to use as much power to perform that activity. Oh, it's so much easier to maintain a routine than it is to start a routine. Well, of course. And I mean, in these in these first few days here of, of getting back into teaching, you know, I don't have any students yet, but there's a bunch of new teachers. And one of the lessons that people keep telling them is you've got to start with the kids from day one. You can't be relaxed with the kids on day one. Tell them your expectations because whatever you do in the first two weeks, that's what they're going to expect and that's mm-hmm. what they're going to continue. Yeah. So it sets the tone. Yeah, exactly. Set the tone. It set the tone that you want and it it's more likely to stay that way. That it wants it's an inertia. It wants to stay where it is. Ooh, it's an inertia. I know. Way I'm to ready, go. ready for physics. Physics teacher in the house. <laughs> All right. So we are going to get to those actionable steps and we are also going to talk um, more specifically about meal planning and meal prepping to help set you up for success in that realm because that's definitely something that helps us to stay healthy once our schedules get insane. Of course. So we got to get a, a starting point on this of like why why bother to get these routines and, and how do we even start getting them? How do we organize this thing? I, you know, as a coach, I like to look at everything as as a team. The family has to work together as a team so that everybody is heading towards their goals. Everybody is satisfied at the end of the day. Right. And kids work better when there's a schedule. Kids work better when they have expectations. There's been tons of research on this. And part of the issues with some kids nowadays is that they don't have expectations. They lack those expectations. Parents want to be their kid's best friend and don't necessarily want to parent their children. And part of parenting is setting those expectations, setting those limitations, because kids need those limitations and boundaries as they grow. It's their job as children to push those boundaries and to figure out how how much can I get away with? What can't I get away with? And they need those boundaries in order to develop into adults, right. responsible they, adults. They are not going to be able to you know, rationally work out the best routines for them or what reasonable limits are. They're just, they're not. Depending on their age too. Well, no, but if you're, if you're dealing with like a much younger kid, you have to establish the boundaries and they're going to push against them. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's not that you have part of their development. It is. It's, it's complete development. It's not that you have a rebellious kid or, Oh, my, my kid won't eat this. He only eats ice cream for dinner. He's trying to figure out what the limit is. That's that's his job. Mm-hmm. He wants to figure out the limit. Your job as the parent is to say, this is the limit. And right. it's not always a smooth move. Oh, but... no. And those limits are different for every family. And of they're course. different for every kid and for every parent. And it's based on what rules you prioritize in your household. And that's different. So... But when it what it all comes down to is that children respond well to routine. Children respond well when they know the expectations. When there's chaos kids have a hard time with that and they have they end up getting in trouble more at school or they end up having more problems with their peers when there is just chaotic and they don't know what to expect on a day-to-day basis even tighter than that forget day-to-day like 
when they get up in the morning, this is what they do first. This is what they do second. They need step by step by step that takes them through their day and variations to that need to be explained ahead of time. Okay, on this day, we're going to have a, a twist. This is coming in. The more warning, it, and the younger the kid is, the more the warning needs to come. Yeah. Because they they like that schedule and they want to stay on that routine. At first, there's going to be some pushback to the routine, mm-hmm. but give it a few days, right. and then there's going to be a lot of pushback to leave the routine. Right, that's true. And it it's if you have a small child or had a small child at some point, you probably remember when they were having fun with their friends and they were at the park or at a friend's house. And if you tell them, okay, it's time to go, they probably aren't very happy with you. So I know we started instituting the five minute rule, right? So we would give our kids, okay, you have five more minutes to play, pick something that you want to do, and then we'll leave. And that typically worked out a lot better because they knew exactly what to expect. If you tell them all of a sudden we're leaving and they didn't see it coming, they're going to they're gonna freak out a lot more than if you let them know ahead of time what's happening. Yeah, no, they definitely need that ahead of time warning. It provides a sense of calm. It allows them to mentally come to the point where it says, all right, we're leaving soon. You know, depending on the age, telling them five minutes or 10 minutes is not even a solid number Mm -hmm. because it doesn't mean anything to them. It means soon. Mm -hmm. You know, you say five minutes, but you tell that to a four-year-old and it's just like, I don't know, we're leaving soon. And they start mentally figuring out, okay, I need to get okay with not being here. It provides this sense of calm the same way that setting up a schedule and a routine over the course of a week, over the course of a month, it brings this sense of calm and security of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And that sense of calm spreads throughout the house. It it helps to bring more calm to the parents. It helps to bring more calm to the kids. If everybody knows what the expectations are, everybody knows the schedule and the routine, that's just what happens. And there's less pushback when that happens. I know sometimes my girls, you know, we go to church every Sunday. That's one thing we always do as a family. And there are Sundays that my girls wake up and they say, mommy, I don't want to go to church today. And I, and I just say, I'm sorry, sweetheart, but this is what we do on Sundays. We do this every single Sunday and that's what we do. And it pretty much ends there. And that's pretty much where the argument most of the time ends because they know that that's the truth. And the little one took it farther this time. Like she really didn't want to go. And I'm like, why, oh, really? <laughs> why, why don't you want to go? Like I really wanted a reason. And she goes, well, the one part's boring where they do the reading and I'm not allowed to read. <laughs> well, she can read from the book. She can follow I know, along. I know, but the words are so big and- And she doesn't get to go up to the microphone and read. So that part was boring to her. (laughs) That's so cute. So, yeah, but for the most part, they just know that's what we do. And that's a non-negotiable. And I've told that to my older one before. I'm sorry, sweetheart. This is not a negotiation. This is what we do. This is what we do every Sunday. And that's just what happens. And she kind of stops arguing at that point because she knows that it's true. And it's that consistency that has established that to be true. If we went, sometimes we went, sometimes we didn't go, then it would be a lot more up in there. Oh, well, we didn't go last week or we didn't go a couple weeks ago. So why do we have to go this week? There would be more flexibility with it. Right. And it's that, that flexibility that kind of leads in the next point that, that I 
I wanted to bring up here is the difference between things that need to happen during the day and things that you would like to happen. And when we talk to them with our kids, we call them needs versus wants, Mm -hmm. you know, and once the school year is going needs is when you get home, you need to do your homework. You need to take your lunchbox out of your backpack and put it on the counter. And then you need to do your homework. You want to watch a television show, right? And so we're trying to teach our kids. I mean, our kids are still little right now. One of them is going to be six this weekend, and the other one is going to be nine next month. So they're still pretty little, and we're still trying to explain all of this to them. And putting it in the term of needs versus wants is something that's definitely become more helpful lately. They're starting to understand that. And if they ask to do something, I'll ask them, is that a need or is that a want? And we'll try to change the way that they say things and phrase things so that they know that's not a need. I don't need to watch TV right now. I want to watch TV. That's a big thing that I think kids need to differentiate. So getting back to our our main point here, When you're creating your schedule and your routine, it's nice to involve the whole family in the process because once kids feel like their voice is being heard, they're much more likely to cooperate. And that's why that leads to our our second point here, which is communication is absolutely key. Communication is key between parents and children. Communication is super key between each other. If there's two adults in the household or more than two adults in the ho- in the household, both adults need to speak to one another and have their needs versus wants met and to, to lay it all out there. Let's lay it all out. Let's figure out what we need to do on the schedule, what needs to be included in the routine, and then we'll go from there. Which could get very, very crowded and you still have to figure out how to fit all of this in. So very open communication of, to me, this thing that seems like a want to you is a need to me. Right. And that is very crucial, especially if your partner does not exercise, say, okay? We're, yeah. we're a running podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you're listening to this podcast, there's a pretty big chance that you're a runner or at least you want to be a runner. Now, we, I, I think that we are very lucky and blessed, the two of us, because both of us are runners. So we understand the crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I understand you're crazy. You understand my crazy somewhat. They're, they're a little bit different. They're a little different. They're a little but, different, you know, but... But when you put it out there as a need, the other person doesn't just completely shake their head and be like, that's not even close to a need. Right, and I know that there are spouses or partners out there that do that. I, that, you know, some of my running friends, they're partner is not a runner or doesn't really prioritize exercising. So if you're on a marathon prep, two hour run is a need, Mm -hmm. but your partner might not see it as a need. Right. Open communication is very critical to explain what is in fact a need as Mm -hmm. far as you are concerned. Right. And it's important to explain why that is a priority and why that is a need for you. That way, when everyone's a part of this plan creation, there's greater ownership involved, right? There is, everybody is on board. And when more people are on board with the plan, the plan is going to go a lot more smoothly because there are always days that you fall off the plan. So you need backup. Yeah, no, completely agree with that one. Um, I kind of like the way that you've got this put out there of there needs to be very open dialogue between, especially if there's multiple adults that all want their needs met. Mm -hmm. 
And then the kids need to be part of the discussion also. Right. You know, so that they have an idea of what what needs to go onto the schedule so that they're able to get their priorities met also. Mm-hmm. It also helps them teach what open dialogue is, which is just a, an amazing skill. They need to realize that it can't only be them, that there's multiple people in this family that all need to work together mm-hmm. so that everybody is feeling satisfied. Right, exactly. So those are kind of some of the more lofty things. Now it's time for us to get down into the nitty gritty. Is there anything else you want to mention before we kind of get into some of these steps of creating a routine? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we, we essentially just covered it, but it's the concept of respect. When, when you're having this conversation with everybody beyond honesty, there needs to be respect. So if Mm -hmm. someone says, this is my need, it needs to be accepted that in that person's mind, that is a need. Yeah. Don't try to convince them that it's not a need. Right. If they're saying that's a need, you know, unless it's like your three-year-old who says, I need to have ice cream every day. Right. That's, that's a discussion, but Mm -hmm. you know. If, if open it is dialogue, open dialogue, discussion. it's right. a practice, right? Because there might be something, even as an adult that you think you need, but after you think about it a little bit more, you might realize that you need it, but it's priority number like five, right? That, that there needs to be a little bit more flexibility around yes. it. Right. Yes. Okay. So let's go into steps to create a routine. So step number one is get a calendar. You can have a wall calendar, a desk calendar. I like big calendars because that way you can write it all out. You need to sometimes experiment with if you like monthly calendars, weekly calendars. We've had both in the house and both have seemed to work pretty well for us. We currently have both. We do have both. There is a monthly and a weekly calendar, both being used in the the house. Right. And and some people like dry erase boards because they... Because they're eight and they like to write on them. (laughs) (laughs) And some people like paper and the old wall calendar, old school fashion wall calendar, which I also have right now. The other thing that Kevin and I use that's super helpful is we have a shared calendar on our phones. Now, if you have a smartphone, especially we have iPhones, but most smartphones have some sort of calendar app and some sort of calendar that you can share. And there's tons of different apps out there. So I'm sure Android, iPhone, it doesn't really matter. Find a a good calendar app that you can share calendars between people. So Kevin and I have a calendar that we share and all family things, all of his things, all of my things, they go on that calendar because we need to have something centralized so that we know what days are busy, what days are available, like what is going on. And we that just helps us to coordinate so much better. Yeah. And then as soon as something new hits, as soon as one of us learns, oh, wait, next Tuesday, I have this thing at 630. It hits the calendar and both of us immediately know about it. Right. There's a notification that gets sent to us. And as much as these calendars are super duper helpful, they can also be a little frustrating when one person doesn't add things to the calendar or forgets to add to the calendar. Or sometimes I simply forget to add them in a timely manner. (laughs) I like to look at it that way. They get added, just not always in the most timely of fashions. (laughs) Right. So having some sort of central calendar is key for your family's plan, whether that is one that is a physical calendar at a centralized place in your house or a calendar on your phone 
find some sort of centralized calendar where everything goes. And I mean everything. Put it on the calendar. I always make the joke that if it's not on my calendar, I don't know about it. It's not on my radar. I cannot be held to it. Yeah. If if there's a birthday party this weekend and it's not on the calendar, we're not attending that thing. Right. So if you have a physical calendar... Some people like to use different colored markers or highlighters to differentiate between the different family members and the different events going on. Go crazy, you know? Like, I say you got to do it so that it's something that you're going to be inclined to continue to use. So if you are a crafty person and you like using colors and markers and all of that, then go for it. Use it. Make yourself happy and so that you'll actually continue to use the calendar. If all of that sounds like way too much work for you and you have zero desire to do that, just... Welcome to my world. (laughs) Use a pencil or a pen or a dry erase board, whatever it is that you think you're going to use or, or just the app on your phone. You know, you don't have to do all of these things. Pick one. Pick one to start with. See how it works. If that one doesn't work, pick another one. Like you need to experiment to figure out what's going to work best for you, but you need a central calendar somewhere. But like you said, everything really needs to go onto that calendar. This includes all family obligations. Who's got practice when and where, you know, who's got doctor's appointments and different, you know, work schedules and stuff like that. But also there needs to be time for you know, if, if you're working out during the day, especially if, if you've got like a long run coming in during that day, it needs to hit the calendar of where that's going to fit in. You can't just say, oh, well, school is happening here and this this kid needs to go to dance and this kid's got this club and I don't, I'll work out somewhere. Right. No. When you say I'll work out somewhere, that somewhere is usually not that day. It's next week. Yeah, it's not. And then next week turns into the next week and turns into the next week. And it's always some day in the future. It cannot be some day in the future. If you're going to work out, you need to start working out today. Or if, if you're listening to this later at night, maybe tomorrow. But you need to find time in your day to prioritize your health and your fitness. And you need to schedule that into your calendar as a priority. We talked about this in previous episodes. How important exercise is in order for us to be the best versions of ourselves, both both physically and mentally. Which is why... And you've said this before, put in your workout as though it's a doctor's appointment because this really is a time to check in on your health. Mm -hmm. Right. And I sometimes make the joke that you can either schedule it in now or in 20 years when your health is not good and not where you want it to be, then you're going to have to schedule your doctor's appointments and then it. So you can choose, you know, pick or choose. Yeah. It's just a postponing. Yeah. Right. So, and and it's so hard because that's one of the reasons that I even wanted to start this podcast in the very beginning, because I see how sick people are. And I see that just a couple of lifestyle changes could have totally prevented so many of the things that I see in my physical therapy practice. Oh, 100%. Uh, It's just, it's so anyway, make time. Beyond working out, also plan mental health time, which differs depending on different members of the family. I mean, it differs between the two of us. For sure. Okay. Know what each person needs to fill up their mental capacity, whether that means that they need time with others, they need some, some break and just play time with others, or they need time solo where they can just be by themselves 
what actually helps them recuperate mentally. Right. Everybody needs time to recharge and it's important to plan that in at least once a week, if not once a day, you know, even if it's just five minutes. Some people like to pray for five minutes or meditate for five minutes or just spend time breathing just to have that time just for yourself and doing something that you are enjoying that's going to help you show up better for the rest of your family. And schedule that in. Make that part of your routine. That is all, all these things need to be considered when you're creating this daily schedule and daily routine for yourself. All right. What else do we have for big, massive, time-saving? How do we put this thing together? I think it's a huge one. Yes. So we are now going to talk about meal planning and meal prep. And this is something that we have been doing now for years, thank goodness, because we did not used to be good about this at all. And it has made healthy eating so much easier. How do you feel about meal planning and meal prepping, Kev? Uh because I love it. It's both fantastic and drives me a little bit crazy. But I, it's like the beginning <laughs> thing is it's so nice to have the plan in place. Right. To not look at each other at like 4.45 and be like, uh, have you thought about dinner yet? That is the worst question <laughs> in the awful. world. I mean, if you are a parent, I'm sure you know that question. And I despise that. Hey, what's for dinner? And if you have a meal plan... You have an answer. So that's why writing down your schedule in the calendar is the important step one. You have to write down all of those obligations that you have for work and after work and school and after school and sports and all the other activities that your family's involved in so that that way you can sit down with the calendar and figure out dinner. So to me, figuring out the dinner plans is is next. Usually we'll sit down and say, okay, Kevin has a meeting at six o'clock this night. I've got a meeting this this day, whatever it is. So how many dinners do we need for the week? How many dinners and how much time are we going to have to prepare that dinner? Right. You know, because some dinners only take 15 minutes to put together. Some dinners are a little bit more involved to put them together, figure out which one's actually going to fit into that day. Right. And which day, if you need to maybe get a takeout or a super easy meal from the grocery store or something like that, or a frozen meal, something that you know you're going to have to do quickly, you're going to have all of that prepped and ready to go ahead of time. So after you figure out the calendar and the schedules, figure out how many dinners you need to to prep for that week, then write down write out your shopping list. This is a huge money saving thing because oh wait, well actually before the shopping list, you have to actually pick your dinners, right? So Right, no, we've picked the dinners and well, the dinners go to the shopping list. That's right. how you save the money because you're like, all right, well, this dinner and this dinner. Yeah, you yeah. get recipes that are going to unite. They don't have to be the same thing, but well, both of these need lemons and chicken. So we we can combine off of this one. Mm-hmm. Like you don't end up having to buy all the ingredients for one meal standalone by itself and have nothing connected to the rest of the week. There's some overlap between the meals. Right, and I know that some people go to the grocery store every single day. That's part of their routine. They go to work and then they go to the grocery store on the way home to pick up food for dinner. Now think about how much time you would be saving if you could just take out that 20 to 30 minutes of having to go to the grocery store every day if that's one thing that you're typically used to doing. If you make a little bit of a longer shopping trip on the weekend and plan out your meals ahead of time, get all the ingredients so that everything is sitting there ready for you to go, ready to go for you to get home and start cooking, then you can take that whole part of your schedule out. You've just freed up a half an hour of your time. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal how much extra time you can come up with if you've got one grocery store tip, trip for the week. Maybe you need to fill in on Wednesday, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Right, or yeah, you need like a, a smaller trip midway through the week to refill some of your fresh produce and that kind of thing. So just like we were talking about with the calendar, when it comes to meal planning and meal prep, get your kids involved too, if you have kids. When you get your kids involved in helping to plan out the meals for that week, they are going to be much more on board with eating those meals because we have a lot of times people ask us about having kids with that are picky eaters and how to get them to try new foods. Getting them involved in the process is something that's going to help those picky eaters to maybe experiment with some new foods here and there if they were involved in the process of choosing the meal and then maybe even prepping the meal a little bit. Plus, like we've said before, if they know it's coming, they can be prepared for it. You know, if you say, all right, these are the options, pick one of these because it's going to be coming up for dinner on Thursday. It it might not be their most favorite thing. The kids aren't going to look forward to this thing with dread for the entire week. It honestly, it gives them time to be ready because they know that's coming. It's Mm -hmm. not a terror that it's coming. It just gives them time to say, all right, that's what's going to happen on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Right. So getting your kids involved in the planning and prepping process is definitely a good step. However, we should put a a warning here, Kevin. Okay. It takes patience. Oh, yeah. And it takes time because cooking with kids is not always the most fun thing in the world. It can be. You know, it can be really fun until all of a sudden it's not fun anymore, until they're bored. And then it's a quick switch from, hey, this was great family fun. No, nope, this is awful. Right. And then it's the whining and and I'm like, okay, we're done. You know, and and I I don't, I try not to force it on them because I want it to be a very positive experience. I want them to enjoy food and like cooking food and preparing food because cooking food already you're you're winning other than going out and getting food at a restaurant or somewhere you're going to be able to eat healthier and cheaper at home versus eating out so your kid is already being very very well served just by eating at home right and you've done a really good job on this one is when the kids get bored and they are over it they don't have to finish it. Mm-hmm. Like if they were involved at all, right. that's a bigger buy-in for them. So when they're done and it's just bickering and I don't want to do this part and how come she gets to do that? I want to do that part. Nope, you're they done. Need, they just need to step away and it's not a negative. It's just they're done and it's going to get taken over now. It's time for them to move on to something else. Right, right. Okay, so moving on a little bit more with with some meal prep details. One thing that I really like to do, okay, so that's more of what to do for dinners, okay? But there's obviously other meals throughout the day, breakfasts, lunches. So what I like to do for those meals is do what's called batch prepping. Now, Batch prepping makes you so happy. Oh, batch prepping makes me so happy. I love, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I, how I found out about it, but I, this makes my life so much easier. So on the weekends, I'll do some batch prepping. or You know what? I even do this during the week sometimes too, like <laughs> depending on what's going on. If I don't have like a big chunk of time over the weekend to like get a bunch of prep done, then I can do this throughout the week as well. I swear you see this as like a calm meditation process. Yeah, I'm not. It's great. So 
basically there are staples that we usually have in our house for breakfast. We have, I'll make um, hard boiled eggs every week. I will make, we'll make um, some, we'll soak oatmeal to make it easier to cook right away. I know you don't really like the soaked oats. I do. The girls do. The girls will eat them for lunch too. Yeah. And th- then it's a super easy thing because they're already soaked. So they're like semi-cooked. Right. It's, it's a very easy prep from there. Right. So we'll cook up a, a batch of quinoa, a batch of lentils, different things and just get them prepped up. Like I'll buy bell peppers and cut them into strips or cucumbers and, and dice those up into um, discs, you know, to make them easy to dip in hummus or whatnot. So all of the vegetables, all of the fruit is washed. There's no, oh, I want this. Okay, well, you can't just have an apple because we've got to go and get the apple and then wash the apple and slice it and core the apple. Like everything is done. The bell peppers are cored and seeded and sliced. If you you want a healthy snack, don't just grab a handful of crackers because it's easy because there's already carrot chips and cucumber slices and things that are also just as easy to grab as crackers, Mm -hmm. but a little bit of a healthier option. Right. So I basically try to wash those. And if I need to do any slicing, I try to do that when I get home from the grocery store, as long as I have time. And if I don't have time on the weekend to do it, I might do it on Monday or Tuesday for dinner. So like on Monday night, maybe we're making chicken and quinoa. Instead of cooking one pound of chicken, I will cook two pounds of chicken. And instead of making one serving of quinoa, I will make two servings so that we will just have extras in the fridge ready to go for lunches for that week. Because that's the key is a lot of that batch prepping then goes for lunches throughout the week. Right. Of, Look, we do we've a got... lot of leftovers for lunches. And it's not even necessarily just an exact repeat of the previous night's dinner. Right. It's you've got this component from Monday and this component from Tuesday. Let's put those things together and look at this whole new thing that you can eat. And the kids are totally on board with this. Right. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about batch prepping. Most of the time when we do our batch prep, it is plain. We, I make plain lentils. I'll make plain quinoa. We'll make plain chicken. I don't really like plain chicken. I'm not going to lie. Like plain chicken grosses me out. (laughs) So it'll be some sort of mild chicken mildly seasoned <laughs> mildly seasoned chicken um but it's things that you can combine together and maybe throw a different seasoning on them or a different flavor and make it a whole new meal so if you have rice and beans you could throw some tomatoes and cilantro and onions on that or some you know some salsa on top of that and make it more mexican or you could throw on a different day, you can put those same ingredients together, chicken, rice, beans, and put some Indian seasoning on it or some curry or some Italian, you know, throw some pasta sauce on there. You know, you can change up the flavors so you don't have to eat the same exact thing every day. Some people advocate that, you know, some of these meal prep things out there they say you on Sunday you go through and you cook and then you portion it all out and you have the same exact thing for lunch every single day and we're just that's not something that really appeals to me it just gets a little boring but if you have your basic stuff you can take the same essential ingredients out of the fridge change the seasoning and leap between Mexico and Greece and Italy in three days right and say you like salads you know you same thing you can put the same ingredients in there and maybe one day use a ball balsamic vinaigrette and the next day you use a greek and the next day you do ranch or whatnot but just by changing up the flavors you're 
you're eating a different lunch. But with the batch prepping, your main core ingredients are all just sitting there already prepared in the fridge. Yeah, which which is so, so key. So that is one of the huge things that helps us to stay on track throughout the week and throughout these busy, busy schedules that we have. Cross Country is now going, and we are going to be basically going from 6.30 a.m. until 5.30 p.m. every single day for the next few months. So having things like this and prioritizing that time on the weekend so that we can do these batch preps and you know, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes there's birthday parties and other things that we have to go to, maybe not have to, but want to the kids. And that kind of ties into our last point here. Right. Which I like to refer to the big mushy headline of tie it all together with a bow of love. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a physics teacher, but I'm also trying to make sure I've got that soft side coming because, you know, I got I got freshmen showing up on Friday. I've got to practice the soft side. <laughs> I've got to practice. I've got to pretend that I have a soft side. All right. Um, all right so um, a- as usual, I like to drive Angie completely crazy and take everything from the outline and then look at it from the complete opposite perspective. Well, that doesn't drive me crazy. I think that adds a nice fresh pers- perspective. It does. It's and great. I, and I like it when you get into some of these deeper thoughts because a lot of times you're the more analytical one and and Uh, now that is my physics brain i know but now that you're doing this podcast you're kind of starting to see bigger pictures i know last week i even said i need to get more friends uh, (laughs) and then you made one i know i know you met somebody out on your run yesterday i was i was such a proud all right (laughs) such a proud wife so anyway (laughs) to to step away from the idea to go in the other direction there's always going to be days where this like plan and routine that you've got written in marker it just needs to be abandoned okay because sometimes you have to just step back and have some completely unscheduled joy you look at your kids and they're both fried and it's just like all right well we were supposed to have this and this and this but let's look at my big priority list and probably if you're a parent with multiple kids out there high on your priority list is happy children And if you're looking at them and they're looking miserable across the board, you need to just step back and find something that is going to bring joy. Yeah, and we all need that sometimes for sure. So schedule, routine, all of that, of course, is important. But don't forget why you're doing it. Sometimes you just need to go out for ice cream. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay. It's completely okay. because Real full fat ice cream. Yeah. It can, and it's not that you're not accomplishing something. It's not a waste of your time and your health is ruined because you are accomplishing something. You are bringing your family closer together and filling it with love and joy. And that is a win from any angle you're looking at it. Yes, it is. Okay, so originally I thought that that was a good place to stop the episode and wrapped it up. And then I went back and I listened to the episode as I was doing our episode editing. And it really just, I really wanted to take a a couple of minutes just to mention a little bit about why we do this podcast. Because as I was listening to it and listening to the way we were talking and giving advice, It sometimes seems like we have it all figured out and we're just giving advice and it's so not that way. We are as much talking to ourselves in these episodes as we're talking to you guys. So thank you for listening to our conversation with each other. 
And I just, I love, <laughs> when do you laugh at that? I like that Angie brought us back in here so that I could talk more about my feelings. Well, because I'm like, it makes me so happy. And it's one of the reasons that I love doing this podcast with you because you are opening up more, not just to me, but also to the world. Like, you know, it's why listeners. I, it's why I really like the, that one of my roles is writing out the outline for the podcast yeah. because it, it, lets me go through and try and work through some of the thoughts on this without mm -hmm. just trying to come up with on the fly. Yeah. I'm not on the fly going to share a lot of emotions, but if I sit down and try and plan it out, it, it comes out more. It does. And I just, you know, you and I have been talking about emotions and feelings for the last, what, 17 years almost that we've been together? Well, you've been trying 16. to get me to talk for the last 17 years. I think I've been working <laughs> on it for the last week and a half. <laughs> But I think it's important because when you sit down and, and make this outline, it, I like how you are starting to look more at the bigger picture here. Because typically, we were talking a little bit in the episode about our family schedule, and I am typically more the creator of the schedule. I, I make sure that people are where they need to be. I know what needs to be accomplished. I am like the jigsaw puzzle master. I need to figure out where everybody needs to be and how we're going to make that happen. And then I'm the one who gets super anxious when we fall off of the schedule. Right. And lately, like, I mean, really ever since our kids have been born, Kevin has been more concerned if we fall off the schedule especially bedtimes yeah, when, when we had real big. little ones it, it was it, it made me very anxious and nervous it when it started getting, it still does but i'm trying to get better day by day right and that's why i was just listening to the the ending of what i thought was going to be the ending of the episode where you talked about the bigger picture and Sometimes it's okay to just abandon the schedule and go get ice cream because you're bringing love and happiness and joy to the family. And I just sat here listening to that and it just put a big, big smile on my face because I just loved that. Because that you know how much of that was me talking to myself in the mirror? Yes. Yeah, I know. And how it, it came out of you, you know, that you were also realizing this. And that, that to me was like a big deal. You know, you came to that realization through doing this podcast. And I think it's just one of the many, many blessings that this podcast has brought to our life. And hopefully we're bringing some blessings into some other lives too. Yeah. So we just wanted to point that out. You know, this is as much for us as it is for you. And we really hope that you are gaining something from this podcast I think that you are. Our listenership keeps growing. Um, we're super excited. We just blew through the 20,000 download mark, and that is unbelievable. You know, we, we started this podcast less than a year ago, and to think that that many people have downloaded and listened to our podcast is just absolutely incredible. So we just want to say thank you so much for spending this time with us every week. Thank you so much for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family and your running friends and, and trying to help us spread this community and this love of running and healthy family life with as many people as we can. If you want to be a part of our Facebook community, check us out. You can go to the website realliferunnerspodcast.com and click on Facebook Tribe to request access to that. And if you like help with your running schedule, we also have a program for you. 
where we come up with a brand new running and strengthening calendar schedule for you every single month. There are new workouts or new exercises. You can fit in, fit them into a 30-minute window, a 45-minute window. So if you're short on time and you just want a plan to follow, check out the website, realliferunners.com, and you will find that monthly program there. So again, thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate all the time that you spend with us. And we will catch you next week. 